This week with Q&A, we are going to jump into a week where we're answering questions about by far the biggest topic that's been asked throughout this series, and that is romance and relationships, people. I, I told you, it, it wasn't planned. It's the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But, uh, but we, got a, we got a good week. We're going to be covering uh, some ground this week on a number of questions asked about relationships. But um, before we jump in, I want, I want to um, address something that has come up throughout this series and something I think we should welcome and something we should embrace. Um, for some of you, there may be or, or have been something that has been presented in this series either last week or the week before, or maybe even in series past, that you have just really disagreed with. Um, there may be some ideas that you're like, oh, I don't quite know about that. Some things that have been said where you, you're just, you disagree. You're on the other side of the fence. And to that, I want to say good. Good, 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 good. That's healthy. Uh, we should embrace that. We should accept that. And I want to make it clear that young adults is a place where belief systems can be challenged. Uh, New Life Young Adults, I want to be a place where we come together under the word of God that at times is very explicit and is very direct. It means this. But the beauty about scripture is that it, is, uh, it has space to have wide interpretations. In a number of passages, there can be interpretations uh, on this side and interpretations on this side, and yet we can still be in unity and still be the body of Christ. And so I want to say right now that New Life Young Adults is a place and will be a place where we can have healthy dialogue and healthy disagreement. So I want to encourage you, if throughout this series or throughout messages that are shared here at Young Adults, if there's something that sticks out to you that you just uh, blatantly and, and absolutely disagree with, I welcome that. I say, yes, that's good. I only ask that when you disagree, go that week and, and unpack why you disagree with it. Use it as an opportunity to refine your own belief system. Uh, go, to, go to the text, go to commentaries, d- deepen your study into that topic so that you can either, one, um, c- uh, agree with what was said and actually be challenged and say, you know what, I've thought about it this way, but I'm seeing it this way. And based on the text and based on all these different things, I, I actually am going to shift my belief system to this. Or if you stay over here and you decide, you know what, based on all these different things, I'm going to interpret it this way, then great, use that disagreement to strengthen your belief system. But I want to make it clear that young adults is a place where I want to challenge belief systems. And that's not to say that I'm going to um, intentionally speak heresy or intentionally throw out ideas that are obviously unbiblical. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But what I am going to do is much of what I speak is going to be absolute and concrete truth, but some of it is obviously and inevitably going to be subject to my interpretation. And so um, as the people of God and as young adults, let's take the time here to wrestle, um, to be challenged, and to allow ourselves to go deeper in our understanding of Scripture, either by refining the idea that's challenged or by um, shifting our belief system to the idea that's being presented. Does that make sense? Can we do that together as young adults? That's who we are. So um, let, let's just, let's be that. Let's, let's allow ourselves to be challenged and welcome it and still maintain unity and love and oneness as the body of Christ, all right? So, that being said, this week uh, is going to be a really down-to-earth message. 
This week, I intend for it to be highly practical. I intend it to be highly hands-on and uh, in a message that is very easy to apply to our immediate lives. Um, And it's my goal, actually, to shorten this message a little bit so that we can make more time for the junior high service after and all of us. It'll take some time to get over there and to get set. So uh, this morning may be a little bit shorter, but, but we're going to maneuver these questions that were asked about relationships and about romance and the like. So let's dig in. It's going to be fun. Uh, question number one. We're going to be covering three questions. Question number one. Is it okay for a girl... To ask a guy out. (laughs) Let the disagreement begin, right? Um, This is actually really simple. This this will only take about five seconds to answer. Um, Absolutely not. Only heathen girls ask out guys. Move on. Okay, no. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, Is it okay for a girl to ask out a guy? If you're talking morally, then yes, it's okay. You're not breaking a command of God, and, and you're not violating the natural order that God's created by asking a guy out, girls. So, so is it okay? Yes, it's okay. But with this, let me offer a couple, couple of my thoughts, okay? Um, it's important to point out that, that along these lines and with this question, girls, you need to recognize that us guys are pursuers by nature, um, we're hunters. We're 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 woodsmen. Um, we 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 have hairy chests. We have body odor. I mean, we're like we're bred to pursue and to hunt, and it's been in our nature ever since the beginning of time when we've been killing our own food and hunting our own berries. And that's not to say, stay with me. That's not to say that girls, you're a piece and that you're this item to be seized. But it's in God's very nature, and yes, I would even argue God-given nature to be pursuers. Okay, so by pursuing a guy and by making that jump to ask a guy out, is it okay? Yes, it's okay, but I would argue that guys have it in them to pursue, and by taking that step and taking the pursuit uh, and the primary pursuit into your hands and asking them out, that is kind of compromising what's in them, and honestly, I'm not so sure it would go that well because of the innate Uh, pursuing nature that guys have, okay? So that's number one. Number two is, girls, you gotta know if you don't already that you are the prize, all right? Girls, say, I'm the prize. Turn to your girlfriend and say, you're the prize. (laughs) Guys, don't you be turning to girl and saying you're the prize. Girls, you are the prize, okay? You are the one who deserves to be pursued, You're the one who deserves to sit back and allow guys to make a fool of themselves at times and pursue you. And so it's important to keep in mind that because you're the prize, uh, you need to know, and I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking to the choir here, and all of you girls know this, and you're confident, and and you're secure in who you are, and you know you're the prize, and that's great, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Because you're the prize... You need to be pursued by a guy and allow yourself to be pursued by a guy who knows you're the prize. Um, And if the guy doesn't really see your value and the guy thinks that you exist for him and his desire and his pleasure and he's using you to to get his own agenda, 
uh, push through, well then that's not the guy that you want to be pursuing you and that's the guy that you need to just give the hand and maybe kick him in a certain area and then peace out, all right? Just kidding. I would never recommend that. It's the coffee, all right? The coffee's flowing, I'm, I'm I, whatever. But um, girls, you're the prize, all right? So, so allow yourselves to be pursued by a guy who recognizes your value and your worth and don't allow yourselves to be pursued by the guys who don't recognize that and who really are, are seeking you to just, just get a piece or something. So my general rule of thumb here, is it okay for a girl to ask out a guy? My general rule of thumb is this. Guys, as pursuers, we need to be the men and we need to embrace the sometimes awkward facets of pursuit and this game of love. We need to embrace the, the idea and the proposition that we probably will, in fact, make an absolute fool of ourselves. Our voice may crack when we're asking the girl out. We, we may not get all the words right, but we need to embrace that. Why? Because they're the prize and we're the pursuers. Um, now, girls, again, you're the prize. Allow yourselves to be pursued by the guys and, and give us hints along the way that you're interested still because we're still trying to figure out this creature that is woman, okay? This alien extraterrestrial entity that we will spend our lives seeking and figuring out and we never will. Um, I, I'm convinced even in eternity in heaven with perfect knowledge, we won't know women and all, their, all of their layers, okay? So, anyway... I'm not really convinced of that, but hope that answers question number one. Question number two, how can you be intentional when pursuing a relationship with someone? A um, little, bit, little bit more serious, but I, I think this is a great, great, great question to ask. I think this is an amazing question to address publicly, but also to unpack personally in your lives and what it means and, and, and what things uh, entail this idea of being intentional in pursuing a relationship. And I think these ideas that I'm about to give you are applicable to both the pursuers, the hunters, the, the, the hairy-chested men, and the prize being pursued, right? Okay, so um, how can you be intentional in pursuing a relationship with someone? I got three things. Um, number one, I would say boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Um, I think the most intentional thing you can do in either pursuing a relationship, whether it's the pre-dating phase, whether it's the dating phase, whether it's the engaged phase, whether it's the marriage phase, I think the most intentional thing you can do is to set up boundaries, emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries, Boundaries in how much time you're spending together. How, boundaries in how much time you're spending by yourself. Boundaries in a number of different areas to protect yourself and to guard yourself. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And, and I think um, boundaries is something that's, that's at times so overlooked, but something that is so profound in its application in our lives. That when we actually take a step back, first recognize the need for boundaries, and then set up boundaries accordingly, I, I think it's one of the most beneficial and healthy things that save relationships, that save marriages even, that save the soul and the health of the soul. So boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Um, we spent five weeks last fall on a series called Boundaries, where we talked about this. We unpack the idea of boundaries uh, in a number of different ways, in a number of different contexts, but week five we dedicated to the series on romantic boundaries, okay? So if you want to go a step farther, if you want to hear more about this, 
and you feel that I have something to contribute to the topic, uh, we have podcasts online, New Life Young, uh, sorry, newlifechurch.org slash adults. Um, we record our podcast, we post them, and that whole boundary series is on there. So if you're interested in unpacking this a little bit more, week five is the relationship series. But um, JC and I, when we were dating, um, we were constantly, the, we didn't do everything right, but I would say that boundaries is one thing we did pretty well. We were constantly setting up boundaries, assessing our relationship, right? And then setting and resetting boundaries in our relationship. Like, wow, okay, yeah, maybe the time we're spending together right now, this is, I think, a little too much. I I think I need some personal time. I need some time where I can breathe. This isn't a codependency thing. I'm going to be okay if I'm away from you. You should be okay if you're away from me. If we're not, that's very unhealthy, and we need to reassess some things. But times that we spent together, our, our physical relationship, absolutely. We were constantly reassessing that, resetting boundaries with that. But we need to be intentional as we're pursuing relationships and being pursued and in relationships and deepening relationships, that boundaries is one of the most important things we can do in the relationship for the sake of its health. So boundaries, 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 set them up. If you want another resource, Henry Cloud and John Townsend wrote a book, actually a series of books. One's called Boundaries. It's a red cover. It's got a little pencil Um, You can buy it for like 10 bucks on Amazon, Um, or they also have another one called Boundaries in Marriage, right, which that's a a great one, and I think they have a couple other ones, but those are huge resources to use, really break it down from a philosophical standpoint, from a biblical standpoint, and a highly practical standpoint that I would highly recommend each and every one of us to read. So how do you be intentional when pursuing a relationship with someone? Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Um, and to that, I want to I say a couple more things. Um, Proverbs 4.23. Let's go there. Many of us know this verse, are familiar with this passage of Scripture, but um, I think it's worth, worth going to again. I like the way the NLT says it. It says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And I think it's interesting here because Solomon, in all of his wisdom, is telling the people of God both under the Old Covenant and as an extension under the New Covenant, so it's applicable to us, to guard our hearts. And the way the NLT says it, for it determines the course of your life. I find it interesting that Solomon would not play the God card with this. I find it interesting that Solomon, in all his wisdom, would not say, "Um, God will guard your heart. You just live life the way you see fit. You live life. Try to be obedient and try to walk with God, but God will guard your heart. Instead, he says, you guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. Make sure that you are doing things to guard your heart. And I think that's important for us to keep in mind because God is not going to guard our hearts for us. God is not, if we're messing around sexually with someone before marriage, if we're compromising emotions and our thoughts and all these different areas of our lives and we're wearing a heart on our sleeve and it's the first date and you're already planning the wedding. And I mean, those, those are unguarding your heart and God is not going to supernaturally intervene and swoop in and all of a sudden protect you and shield you from the things that you're giving yourself to. So Solomon here, that's why he's saying you guard your heart. 
For it determines the course of your life. Other translations say, for it is the wellspring of life. For from it, everything flows. Guard your heart. It's your responsibility. Yes, God plays a part in it, but you need to be responsible in guarding your own heart. And so in this regard, I would suggest that the boundaries we set up in our lives serve as divine protection for our lives. The boundaries that we set up, right, human, natural, we bring to God. God takes those and uses those, and that serves as divine protection, shielding us from sexual immorality, shielding us from the guilt of going too far physically in a relationship, shielding us from the emotional damage that we can face if we let our heart get out there too much. You guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. And in this way, I I, I think about it, the boy with the five loaves and the two fish, what did he do? He had the natural. He had the little that he had, and he brought it to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and he used this supernatural thing that the boy brought him for supernatural purposes. That's exactly what God does with our boundaries, taking the natural, taking what we can bring him. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. But in bringing those to him, we are bringing the natural of our hands, and he takes them and uses them for supernatural and divine protection. Make sense? You guard your heart. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Number two is pursue personal health. So how do we be intentional in pursuing a relationship? Boundaries, but also I would say pursue personal health. I think a lot of times we can find ourselves and stumble into relationships and only when you're in the relationship do you realize, oh my gosh, I am seeing this and 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 all of these things in my life that are completely derailed and unhealthy. What have I gotten myself into? Or you're in the relationship and you have a blind eye to it because it's the feelings and it's the emotions and it's the young love and oh my gosh, this is amazing. And for those of us who have engaged in the thing of marriage, you get in there and not six months go by and these unhealthy things surface and you think, my God, now what have I gotten myself into? I, oh man, this is, I'm seeing this unhealthy thought pattern. I'm seeing this, oh my gosh, there's so much. So now I would suggest... As we're preparing to enter marriage, as many of you are either dating someone, uh, looking to date someone, or some of you are engaged, a few of you are married, but I, I would strongly suggest wherever you are, pursue personal health. Because if you're unhealthy, you can find this relationship that's good and that's healthy and life just makes sense with them and they make you a better person and, and you're thinking, wow, this, this could be uh, the person I spend the rest of my life with and whatnot and this is something great. But if you're unhealthy, then you can and I would argue inevitably will derail the relationship because of your unhealthiness. And you can take this healthy thing and turn it into something that is completely unhealthy. And, and I'm obviously generalizing here, and I'm speaking in extremes. But if there's a certain amount of unhealthiness in our lives, that will permeate into our marriage even. And marriage has this way of bringing things to the surface. 
and all the more then you, 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 then you start having kids, and I can speak from experience, having kids then brings a whole nother level of, of stuff to the surface where you think, oh my gosh, I didn't even see this in my life before, and now I, I'm a broken sinner. My God, have mercy on me. Man, the way I'm, I'm talking and the way I'm thinking, man, it just has a way, marriage and parenthood and the life beyond marriage has a way of bringing things to the surface. So we need to give attention before the fact in pursuing personal health. Some ways that we can do this are um, seek counseling. I want to make it clear, there should not be, and and there is not a stigma here in young adults, of counseling. It's not this thing that, oh, you you see a counselor? Wow, okay, you got that going on. I'm going to stay over here in the church, and you can figure that out, and then you, no. Counseling is this healthy practice that we can give ourselves to and engage in that bring healthiness to us. It allows a, a third party to come in and to uh, unpack things in our lives, former abuse, uh, traumatic instances, things that we're struggling with currently. And it allows this third party, and I would encourage it to be a Christian counselor because then you have that spiritual component to it, uh, to see it and to say, maybe this is this. And maybe this thing that you actually think is over here is actually intertwined to this thing. and, And that's why you're responding this way. And it's this beautiful practice of unpacking the unhealthiness of your lives. Uh, me and JC still um, go to counselors separately. We each um, have our, our separate person that we, we uh, go to counseling about once a month, twice a month, something like that. But we're constantly intentional about being healthy personally so that we can be healthy together. Um, so pursue personal health. I would highly, highly recommend that. And deal with the unhealthiness now so that it doesn't cost you later. Because if the unhealthiness is great enough, it will cost you later. And so nip it in the bud now, deal with unhealthy addictions, uh, deal with unhealthy thought patterns, deal with unhealthy emotional nuances that you're, that you, that's happening in your life. Just, just figure out where you're unhealthy, nip it in the bud, get healthy, and then uh, you're set up well to succeed in that relationship that's ahead of you. Um, okay, so number, that's number two. So we got boundaries, we got pursue personal health. And the third thing I would recommend here is, is simple but profound. Walk in wisdom. Um, this may go without saying, but whether you're in the pre-dating phase, whether you're in the hanging out phase, right? Um, whether you're in the dating phase, whether you're in the whatever phase you're in, walk in wisdom. And I would highly encourage every single person to constantly be asking the question, not once a month, not, oh, okay, this thing came up, so I guess I'll ask it, but every day, constantly reassessing the relationship and asking the question, is this wise? Is the time we're spending together wise? Is our physical and maybe even sexual relationship wise? Um, is is the, the content of our communication right now wise? You can do this in, in every facet of your relationship. Always asking the question, is this wise? If you're not dating someone, um, is this wise? Thinking about pursuing this girl. Is this even a person that, you, that is wise to pursue or be pursued by and go on a few dates with? Is this wise? I think asking that question can be a, uh, a game changer when it comes to our relationships. Proverbs 4, 5 through 6. We're hanging out in Proverbs this morning, I know. But it says this. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. 
love her, and she will guard you. I love that. Wisdom as this guarding, similar to boundaries, this this supernatural guarding, protection around you when you walk in wisdom. See, when we walk in wisdom, we're guarded by the destruction of foolishness. When we give ourselves to foolish actions, foolish thought patterns, foolish anything in a relationship, when we walk in wisdom, we are distancing ourselves from even the potential of engaging in that foolishness and the repercussions thereof. And so then Solomon comes along and he says, no, go for wisdom, seek wisdom, get her, apprehend her, because she will protect you. When we seek wisdom, when we walk in wisdom, we're protected. And it has this guarding effect in our lives. Again, very similar to boundaries. Um, But those are the three things I would highly, highly recommend to anyone, and always do, to anyone who comes to me and asks about relationships. Boundaries, number one. Pursue your own personal health, number two. And walk in wisdom when you're actually in it, number three. Um, Those things will, will work wonders with us in our relationships. You guys with me? You tracking? We got one more. You good for it? All right, question number three. This is, a, this is going to be a fun one, all right? Gabriel, just throw it up on the screen. I'm, I'm going to take a drink. You guys can read it. How far is too far in a relationship? Peruse, make sure there's no five-year-olds hanging out because we're going we're gonna to talk sex here, all right? Um, how far is too far in a relationship? Um, I'm glad I said something, Ruth. <laughs> That was a joke, but Holy Spirit, thank you. Guard that child's soul. Oh, man, I'm glad I said something. Woo! That's good. All right. We're going to wait for the door to close. How far is too far in a relationship? Okay. So, again, I'm going to operate under the assumption here that this, this question is about sex, Okay. Because I think outside of the realm of sex, asking this question, um, everything we've covered so far in some ways kind of answers this question and gives clarity to this question. It may not offer concrete truths, but it gives you the target area that you can operate under in answering this question, how far is too far. But let's, let's take it physically, okay? Um, how far is too far sexually in a relationship, assuming that we're talking about a premarital relationship, Right? Um, let me give you a principle that is rubber meets the road, concrete, um, um, kind of the silver bullet when it comes to this topic, all right? It's found in Ephesians 5, verse 3. Many of you know it. I love the way the NIV says it. So we're going to read from this translation. But among you, there must not even be a what? Hint of sexual immorality, or of any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Wow. That really takes a lot off the table, doesn't it? Let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Paul, really, can, can you give us a little bit? But just, just a little. We're people, come on, we got sex drives. Like, just, no, not even a hint of sexual immorality. I think about it this way. Have you ever uh, gotten in your friend's car... And there's just a, a stink going on. You're like, what is that funk? You know, there is something, there's a dankness in the air right now. I feel some moisture going down. What is this? What has happened? And you find like a month old Big Mac under his seat. It's like, okay, yeah, that, that explains it. 
Or you walk into a friend's house, girls, I'm, I'm just talking to the guys here, okay? Because the girls, you're, you're the cleaner of us, you know, obviously we know that you don't deal with this. But you walk into someone's house, a friend's house, a friend's apartment, you got like six dudes crashing in like a two-bedroom apartment, that kind of a deal. Um, and you walk in, you're just, what, what is that? Mike? whoa, what the heck? And you go to the garbage, no, it's not the garbage fridge, no. Like, what, what is this smell? What, what am I smelling here? Well, I, I think about the how far is too far question in that way. Imagine that your car is your physical relationship. Imagine that your house is your physical or sexual relationship with someone. If you're not married and an outside party, be it a friend, be it your dad, be it your mom, dare I say, um, come into your relationship and, and start sniffing around. And start looking at all the different facets of your relationship, your time spent together, okay? Um, your spiritual life together, okay? Um, the, the way you talk to each other and communicate, okay. But then, but then if they get to the sexual piece and the physical piece and they start sniffing around, in your romantic relationships, would there be a hint of something? Would that person, wait, there's, there's something going on here. Um, there's something, there's something funky happening. There's mold somewhere. There's some rotten cabbage somewhere. There, there is some kind of smell emanating from this physical relationship. Is that your relationship? Is there even a hint of sexual immorality? If so, it's sin. And the Bible makes it very, very clear. And thank God that it does, because then we don't have to operate in this uh, obscure gray matter territory like this postmodernism culture so often emphasizes, right? Relativism. No, you, you, in your relationship, you live the way you want to live. What's true for you is true for you. If, you. if you want to bang it out and you want to have sex and do all that stuff, do it. It's true for you, true for you. Uh, if you want to be pure, fine. No, but the Bible shoots right to the absolute and says, nope, avoid all of it. If there's even a hint of sexual immorality among you, it's sin. So, I'm, I'm not really going to go much farther than that. I, I want you to look at your relationships. I want you to look at your desire, wherever you are in life, whether you're not dating, whether you're dating, whether you're engaged, um, whether you're married even. There can be sexual immorality in marriage. Is there sex? Is there a hint, a whiff? Is there that funk of sexual immorality uh, in your relationship? Um, and if, if there is, again, as we exercise wisdom and as we set up boundaries and as we walk wisely with each other and with the Holy Spirit, then we're protected from the destruction of that foolishness and that sin. Because God's commands aren't given to us just to break our backs and to make us slaves and to, to burden us for the sake of burdening us, but they're to protect us. God tells us this so that we won't stick our proverbial finger in a socket in the wall and get electrocuted and, and, and be destroyed. Maybe our arm, maybe our life would be at stake. He protects us. He shields us. No, don't do that because that's going to hurt you. If you just heed what I say with this command, oh, it's, it's going to keep you. It's going to save your soul. It's going to protect your health. It's going to protect your marriage. Let there not even be a hint of sexual immorality among you. So what do we do with all this? I think regardless of where we are, again, if you're single, pre-dating, dating, engaged, married, um, it should be our sole aim to please the Lord. It should be our sole aim to set up boundaries and to walk in wisdom and to walk in obedience. Why? So that we can please 
the Lord so that we can be obedient and walk in step with the one whom we were made for and that we can have unbridled vertical relationship with our father because sin muddies the waters and clouds it and and like a radio signal it causes the static to get in the middle to where you now god you feel so far away and i can't hear your voice and things just don't really make sense with this anymore keep the signal clear walk in obedience and uh And make it your aim to please the Lord. We'll wrap up with this verse. 1 Corinthians 7.35. Paul says, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure, I love this, your undivided devotion to the Lord. Whether you're single or dating or whatever, Secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Make it your goal in life to be undivided in your pursuit of God. Make it your sole aim to be undivided in communication with him and communion and life with him. And if there's something that's dividing it, that's sin. If there's something that's separating you from God and causing you to take your eyes off him and get into other things, we're losing our wholehearted, undivided devotion. We ought to look to God, the one whom we were created for, our maker, our savior, the one whom we'll spend eternity with and live in undivided devotion in every area of our life, including romance, sexuality, and our physical relationships. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the concreteness of your word. We thank you that your word is absolute. We thank you that you speak to us through it. We thank you that through your word there is peace and there is wisdom and there is life and that those who keep it can have unbridled, uninhibited relationship with you. God, we can have healthy relationship and that's what it's for so that we can know you. It's not a list of rules that we just do just because some power-hungry God tells us to do it. But God, it's so that we can secure our undivided devotion to you and have a clear line of communion with you. So would you do it in our lives? Cause us to reflect on the areas of our lives where we're divided. Cause us to reflect in the areas where we're impure, where there's maybe hints of sexual immorality, where we're unboundaried, where we're unwise, where we're unhealthy. God, would you bring us into the way everlasting? Would you give us life? Would you give us peace? Would you give us wisdom on how to address these areas of our lives that deserve and demand attention? We give this time of discussion to you. Would you speak through it? Would you use it? And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Was this helpful? Hopefully this was helpful. Awesome. Okay. Let's... um, Let's go to discussion. We're going to have a few minutes to discuss, to unpack. Um, Go deep. Talk about this. Use the questions as a guide, and we'll pick this up here in the next couple minutes. All right? Much love. And um, because we're— hope, Okay, let me step back. Hope those discussions were helpful. Keep them coming. You know, as you're um, hanging out with, with uh, maybe some people here and all that, if you want to keep nuancing and unpacking this, I highly encourage that. That's great. Keep this, keep this in you. Keep nuancing it. Keep— thinking through it and see what the Holy Spirit would speak to you through it. But um, this morning, because of junior high, we're not going to have a benediction. Um, But before we dismiss, we got Jared Newman, who's hiding somewhere back here. He may even be on the phone. He's he's a man of mystery. This is not not planned, I promise. I'm actually looking for him. (laughs) He's not going to jump out in a costume or something. (laughs) All right. Jared Newman, everybody, he's going to give us some instructions. 
No, I was I was so scared. <laughs> I was nervous about talking in front of them, and just I was throwing up back there. Back there, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. Well, wet, wetting your pants and throwing up. Hold right. on. <laughs> no. right. um, yeah. Hey, today is the day I talked to you guys about a few weeks ago. That this is the easiest missions trip you'll ever have an opportunity to do. One of the things about. Uh, the instructions of Jesus is to carry our cross sometimes. And this is a day that I want to ask you guys to make some sacrifices. I know that everybody has something to do today. Like, I know that. But uh, one of my favorite verses is 1 Corinthians 9.27, which tells us, Beat your body and make it your slave. Lest when you preach the gospel to others, I myself might not be disqualified from the prize. So today is one of those days where it's like, man, it might be a little bit of sacrifice, but I want to invite you to come and be a part of it. It's, a, it's one of the big, big deals of like the school year to me to have you guys come and crash the party with us. I've got a lot of fun stuff planned. And what I want to do is give Josh the opportunity to kind of close this and dismiss. And then if you guys are going to stick around, which I just want every one of you to. So if you get up, I'm going to judge you harshly. Um, <laughs> just kidding, kind of. Um, but if you will stay put, I'll let Josh officially close this. And if you'll stay put, then I'll go through kind of the instructions as to what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Because we're going to go over there. The poor junior high kids are going to be wearing adopt me signs. And you guys are going to have a chance <laughs> yes. to go and adopt them. So uh, we'll give you the instructions as to what we're doing here in just a moment. But Josh, let's close this out. Let's just end in one quick prayer, all right? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this body of believers. We thank you for all that you've spoken to us. And uh, God, we pray your blessings on this week, on this day. And I pray that you would send these young adults out into the junior high service, into their day, into the rest of their week, and their missions fields that you've placed them in. I pray that you would give them peace and joy and grace. Their speech may be seasoned with salt, and they may be a shining light and beacon of hope to the lost and dying world around them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And everybody said... Amen, amen, that's it.